Oh, good morning, everyone. I hope that you rested well. We'll begin this morning with some announcements, a brief teaching, and then we'll move into the guided meditation. So it's winter solstice, happy solstice. And this day is a a ritual day. We'll be moving into ritual space this evening. So in preparation for that, a very small task for you, and of course you're not obligated, but if you would like to participate in this part, you're invited to find two stones, two stones on the land, maybe not big, (laughs) maybe maybe smaller stones. (laughs) And uh, just to reflect, we'll we'll be using these stones as part of the ritual and to know that one of them will represent what we're offering what we're letting go of, and one will represent what we're inviting in or aspiring to. So please collect those two stones, and you can bring them to the Dharma talk time this evening. Today we'll have our affinity sit for Black, Indigenous, and people of color. We're continuing with groups today, so please do check the board. You I should be in your second round, so those who are seen the first day will be seen today. And yeah, make sure that you come to your groups on time. Yeah, so those who are online, you're welcome also to collect some stones. And we'll have, here in the hall, we'll have candles. And so those at home, if you would like to uh, also have your own candle, uh, you're welcome to just gather a candle if you have one. Or I see, I saw somebody had like a salt crystal light or Christmas lights or fairy lights, whatever feels right for you during our ritual. So just the invitation to create a sacred space where you are. And lastly, uh, we've had some requests for resources and poems and things. And so just to rest assured that we'll be posting poems and we'll have lots of resources for you at the end. So the meditation for today, we're progressing through opening up to more objects of our mindfulness. We've been working primarily with the body, breath, sounds. Yesterday, looking through a kind of vipassana lens at these different characteristics or the processes of these objects. And this morning, I'd like to open up to the field of the heart the heart-mind. In uh, in Buddhism, the word in Pali is citta, and the citta means both the heart and the mind, and it's here. So just noticing how even that feels, usually our orientation, that our mind is up here, but what if our mind is down here? And of course, you might have noticed over the course of these days, that there's a lot going on, maybe. Could also be not very much going on. But there's some aliveness. There's some aliveness here in the body, in the heart. 
And so there's many ways we can work with this chitta nupasana, this mindfulness of the chitta, heart states, mind states, mood states. We'll talk more about working with thoughts later, but today in particular, I want to talk about working with moods and emotions. Such a huge part of our life, isn't it? Our experience. And in some ways, these instructions are maybe the most practical for how we navigate our lives. Because we're so driven by whatever is moving through us in the moment. We identify with it. We think it's going to last forever. Kind of meld with it and step right into another dream world of anger or fear or joy, confidence. All the realms of emotions, positive emotions, negative emotions. So lots of ways to work with these, and we've been offering already some strategies like body. Feeling the emotion in the body is a wonderful tool. As I was saying last night, it moves, we move from the realm of story or belief down into the felt sense. Our friend and teacher, Bhante Buddha says, the issues are in the tissues. (laughs) So we find ourselves caught in emotion, how's the body? And so often for me, this opens up into compassion, like, oh, honey, your heart is all tight in there. Or your body is kind of defended, bracing. And then, okay, I'm just going to be with that felt sense rather than the ideas about the emotion. Okay, tight heart, tense body, contracted. Being in the body. Another good way to work with emotions is looking at their impermanence. They're so dynamic. So mercurial. One moment we're mired in something. The next moment the sun is out, we're like, oh, it's a nice day. So to watch how they come and go, this whole dance of moods and emotions, landscapes moving through. And when we're in touch with this impermanency, often there can be these glimpses of how they're not so personal. If there's a word for the emotion, it means that somebody else has felt it before. It's part of the human experience. So maybe it's not so much my personal pain and this old, horrible story that I'm stuck in forever and I'm doomed, but more like, oh, this is a moment of fear. Fear as a kind of impersonal, natural kind of arising due to causes and conditions, knowing that causes and conditions will change, and perhaps in the next moment there will be less. Or there will be more. (laughs) But either way, it's not necessarily me or mine. It's just a manifestation of nature. And then the last piece, it's a kind of good piece of advice, 
Oren reminded me of this yesterday. I have to remember this again and again. You don't have to dive deep into the emotion and really feel it. Get to the bottom of it. Wrestle around in there. Sometimes we can have the sense of like, I got to find it now. We're doing emotions today. Okay, what am I feeling? Okay, there's a little bit of that. And then we like dig. And we're like, oh, that's about my mother. And uh, you, know, you don't have to. You don't have to go looking for them. If you're feeling pretty peaceful, and this has been generally a pretty kind of calm retreat, great. <laughs> Watch the mind that thinks the grass is greener. I should be in all this drama right now. <laughs> or if you're in all this drama and you think, why am I not calm? Everybody else is so calm. <laughs> We can create a problem out of whatever's happening. And instead, what we want to do is just greet whatever it is as a friend. This heart is unpredictable. Okay, here we are right now in this moment, whatever it is, boredom. If underneath that judgment or the wanting something, is there a little restlessness? Is there a little feeling of like, I'm not quite right. I should be doing it better or different. Something different should be happening. Or I know many of you were grieving. There's a lot of loss in the world, in our lives. So can we soften and really hold ourselves with so much care with the grief, a lot of respect for the grieving process. The resiliency that knows I can be with this, just in this moment. Don't have to be with this all week. Just with this moment, I'm going to hold with all those many hands and eyes just holding. So we'll guide a meditation here pretty soon and just an acronym that might be very familiar to many of you. It's going to be helpful to remember some of these instructions. Just one way to work with these. This acronym is RAIN. It's coined by my teacher, Michelle McDonald. So R is recognize the emotion, recognize, name it, know what's happening. A is allow, and this one for me is the most important, allow, allow, like that open kind of holding, okay, I'm just here, I can let it be here, allow. I can stand for interest. A quiet kind of interest. I'm sort of curious about this, even if it's painful. We just gently learn a little more. What's asking for my attention here? And again, it's not a really intellectual deep dive into figuring this out conceptually or fixing the problem. It's more like, what can I learn? What other sensation am I feeling in the body? Is there something underneath this that I need to see? Just a quiet interest. And then N is non-identification, and that's that impersonal quality I was talking about. Not me, not mine. Just human nature. So we'll do a little bit of this together. And again, no need to be feeling something big. You can do rain with anything. You can do rain with just a quiet mood. You can do it with a positive emotion. It's really actually helpful to do rain with happiness or joy. And of course, if it is not really resonating with what's happening for you right now, always open invitation to stay with the body. 
Stay with your anchor, breath, sound. You can just let the words wash over you. So maybe taking a couple of deep breaths, let us settle into the practice now. And first, spending some moments just moving into the body, saying hello, and befriending, how are we this morning? Can we be with the body just as it is in a friendly, curious, and connected kind of way? Grounding into the touch points where your body is touching the ground, the earth. Perhaps tuning into the quality of energy in the body. Feeling a kind of tingle or vibration or sensing in if the body feels energized, awake, sleepy, soft. Nothing to change, just tuning into this quality of energy flow in the body. And now, of course, you're welcome to stay with the anchor of the body or the anchor of the breath or the anchor of sound if your body is needing more settling, steadying, calm. Or if you're feeling a kind of heart state, a mood state, Now gently turning, attending to this realm of the heart, the heart space. And with the same kind of gentle curiosity, like how is the heart just now? Like, oh, I've never felt this heart in this moment before. How is it? Mm-hmm. 
And you might feel sensations in your heart area and the body. Open, tight, heavy, hard. Or you might feel a very particular kind of emotion or mood. Maybe it's inspiration or calm. Maybe it's a deep sorrow. Maybe it's anxiety or worry. Maybe it's quiet joy. So spending some time now recognizing if there is a mood or an emotion present, just befriending, saying hello, maybe naming it. Ah, this is metta, or this is fear. Maybe it's confusion. Notice how it feels in the body to name your mood, your heart state. And maybe just recognizing it is enough. Maybe you name it and it changes, or you name it and you come back to the body. There's no need to go through the whole process. Maybe just recognize, attending to. And if it is something difficult, or even if it's something easy, now how is it to deeply allow this? Allowing the truth of the heart just to be true in this moment. It's just like this. Sometimes we have subtle ways of resisting or denying. So how is it to really open and allow it to be just as it is?
Feel the kindness and allowing your heart to be just as it is, allowing the truth of the moment. Feel this unconditional kind of accompaniment for what's here. And now I'm allowing might be the rest of the meditation for you. It's very powerful to feel this kind of resting in, deep allowing, nothing to change, nothing to do, just like this. And if there's the interest to move a little closer, just in a very gentle way, this I can be intimacy too. We're just getting a little closer. Like what's really asking for my attention here? Is there anything else I need to know about this particular moment, this emotion or mood? And perhaps part of that knowing is that this is just a human experience. 
not alone, not personal to me. Just natural arising of the heart. Can we feel that kind of non-identification, just observing it the way that we would observe a tree or the sunlight or the wind? And of course, through this, often we can find an, another open opening into compassion. A sense of, oh, it hurts. Oh, this aliveness is so big, so strong. So non-identification is the doorway to compassion. I care, I care about this moment, about myself, this heart, I care. And if you're needing even more compassion, you can feel into the accompaniment in the room, the power of the Sangha, just all of us practicing with our own hearts, our own bodies, and the power of that. You're welcome to continue with any of these tools, any of these phases in your own way. And of course, coming back to your anchor or your Vipassana practice, just as your own mind is inclined. Listening, listening to what's needed in this moment. A lot of allowing, a lot of care.
Now in the last few moments of the formal practice, see how it is to let go of any effort. Let go of objects, let go of all the tools, the techniques, the directing. Just rest back, very simple. Letting awareness do the work, just trusting. Simply being. Thank you for your practice, friends. So we have time for just a question or two. If there are any questions about the practice this morning or the talk last night or staying really with what's happening here now, um, but happy to answer or respond to any, anything that's coming up. Um, I know the talk last night was a good one because I felt really angry Ah. after. (laughs) Um, and I didn't know why it wasn't, the talk was so poetic and I wanted to be in the, in the vibes of the, you know, the mind there, when you look at the mind, there's nothing there, just relax. And I just couldn't, I was just so worked up (laughs) and, uh, I think part of it was just I've been struggling with sleep and I think, I don't know, I can't speak for everyone here, but I feel like I've been eating too many beans here too and I feel like I was really <laughs> feeling it in my system. Um, it's just the gas. Apologies. It's just the gas. I know. Apologies to my roommate. Um, it's not personal. <laughs> but um, I really like, I, I, I like struggled to sleep last night because it was just so present with me. And, uh, I think one thing that came up for me was just this idea of like, do I really believe I can be enlightened in this lifetime? Like is enlightenment really real? And feel like in, in Western culture, we've kind of positioned Buddhism in direct opposition to Christianity there's no God, it's, you know, there's no priesthood. I guess it's kind of debatable. Um, there's sci- it's all about science of happiness, not blind faith. Um, but we don't really talk about like karma and rebirth, rebirth in the hell realms or things like that. That's like, oh no, like, you know, kind of maybe people have a traumatic response to that. 
Um, and I was thinking about that with myself, just, I, yeah, it's, I, I guess there are stories in Buddhism that I've been exposed to, like, you know, like the, the story of the butcher with the Buddha and like, you know, even he couldn't get him to be enlightened, right? The whole goal was just to get him to not be reborn in a, a worse hell or whatever. Just like, don't kill during the nighttime, kill during the daytime, but you're still like on this life path that's not enlightenment. And I was just thinking about that with myself, just feeling like all of this noise in my head that's just, was just feeling so loud and it's just been so present in my life. And I just, I don't know. It was, it was just a very kind of challenging moment of just wondering for myself whether I'm just like, it's just mm. not hopeless. Yeah. It's just, it's just, you know, I can still try to not get as deluded, but still, yeah. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I don't feel in my bones that enlightenment is yeah. possible and that yeah. I can just let go into the space and, yeah. you know, yeah. not feel this groundlessness. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for all that. That can happen. We hear all of this stuff about emptiness and dark and light and freedom. And I'm just like trying to get through the sit, right? Without farting in the hall, you know, I really get that. And I feel the same kind of like, I'll just name. I think what it's coming from is this deep desire to be free, right? We want it. We want it so badly. It, I mean, we suffer and we're standing under our suffering all the time, even when we're unwilling to feel it. And we just want to be free of that. Right? We really want it. And I think there's two part sides of the coin. One is we feel the magnitude of the project. Like, this is not just PhD. This is like maybe multiple lifetimes kind of project. <laughs> right? It's huge. So when we're stuck in dukkha, it feels so far away. I don't even know if this is for me or if it's possible, right? It's the stuff of fairy tales. So that's true. And I'm just going to suggest, you don't have to believe this, but suggest that also in the teachings, the Buddha is very clear that he only taught because he knew it was possible for us, right? There are those with little dust in their eyes. And you can see that in glimpses in your own mind when the emotion releases or there's a moment of peace or there's a moment of freedom, right? We're having these all day long. There's a name for it in Pali. They're like little enlightenments when we have an absence of greed or an absence of aversion. So we have this intuition. That's that like seabird at the ocean. We have this intuition that we can. There's something in us that knows the way. And then you have all of the Mahayana teachings on Buddha nature, it's actually who you are. It's more who you are than any of the other stuff, actually. Your birthright. And I don't know about you, but for me, there's something very soothing about hearing that. Might not be feeling it right now, but there's also, it's like underneath the not knowing and the doubt, there's also a very deep knowing. And then underneath there, there's even more not knowing. <laughs> we have to move through all of those layers and it's why faith and confidence is one of the first steps in the path. But it's not a blind faith, and it's not even faith you can get from us talking to you. It's a very deep inner kind of knowing confidence. And it has to be built over time. So that's why paying attention, this is 
It's a really good teaching instruction, actually, for everyone. Pay attention to the absence of things. Like we're so stuck in negativity, we're noticing, okay, I'm bored or I'm gassy or I'm not sleeping or I'm struggling somehow, that we don't notice the moments when we're not those things. The space in between. That's our taste of what freedom might be. And it's not way far out there in some future life. It's actually only happening ever right now in this moment. The end of an exhale right here. That was how the Buddha did it too. You know, he felt all the hindrances. He had all of these emotions. He had lots of weighty responsibilities in his life all through his path after enlightenment. He made mistakes after he was enlightened, right? So one teacher, Eugene Cash, my friend, he says, it's like enlightenment is a verb. It's not a noun. It's not a place we're going to arrive to. But what if it was just all of those moments of absencing that we're tuning to again and again and again. A lot of open questioning, like, okay, what if I were just as a thought experiment, hold that possibility, my potential as true? How does that help me live my life? So it can be very practical. It doesn't have to be dogma or religion or belief. And I think we should talk more about karma, honestly, and rebirth and devotion and all those things. But it doesn't have to be. It can be very pragmatic. How does this belief and this possibility help me live in a skillful and wise way with more compassion, more grace? Try it on and see if it helps. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, Good morning. Good morning. Um, my name is Jennifer. Hi, Jennifer. And I, too, was holding some anger uh, going to bed and also this morning because I think about the privilege that's baked into this experience, right? Yeah. Myself included. And I feel good about my ability to hold space for emotions, to like deepen my practice. Um, But the anger comes about when I think about the practice and my motherhood. Mm. Because I have, I'm a single mother Mm. to whom I call my favorite human. (laughs) Uh, The best 11-year-old black boy on the planet. I'm sorry, everybody. (laughs) (laughs) With him, again, we're super fortunate to live near the water. And I talk to him about being the surfer, Mm. right? And the emotions, they will come and they will go. But you got to learn how to stay on top. Stay stay up, right? You're going to fall, but you're going to get back up. So in creating that awareness for him, the anger comes... I'm working this out as I'm thinking because mm-hmm. I'm thinking about control. I'm 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 creating this aware. I'm supporting him in creating this awareness in a world that does not want him to thrive, and that's angering to me. 
And in a way that obviously I have to, you know, hold it and process it. But I'm like, that's where the anger was. I was like, I'm, you know, I'm doing all these things that I love that are helping that are, I'm enlightening, right, as, as the verb, <laughs> but how do I connect it? How do I make it so for him? Because I can be in this space because of all of the things that have happened prior, right? Like my parents growing up in Jim Crow South and the things that they did so that I could be here. And I have the awareness of the world that he doesn't yet. He's just skipping, like literally, <laughs> skipping around, joyful, talking about like Dungeons and Dragons. Mm. Mm. So I, I just, I don't know. There, there, I don't know if that's a question. If it is, I don't know. But anger. Yeah. Because this is available to him, this practice, because this also keeps him safe, yeah. right? Yeah. But how do I... use both, if that makes sense, right? Like, how do I help him keep safe in the world beyond this? Yeah. If that makes sense. It does. Okay. <laughs> I'm just going to pause. Because you brought reality into the room. And I don't know if anybody else is feeling that. I think maybe they are. I'm feeling it. So let's pause. Pause together. Thank you. It's a beautiful comment. There's no answers to your question. And in fact, I think in, in some ways you did answer it because we have to do both. Exactly like you're doing. You know, we have to come here and be open to beauty and the joy that is our inherent potential. We have to do that to resource, right? You want to bring all that to your little boy. And we can't deny that he's living in a world that doesn't want him to thrive. And those forces are real. And I don't think we should del delude ourselves thinking that this can solve that problem. So we have to be able to hold both. And it's unsatisfying. But I feel the sincerity and the goodness of your heart and the asking of the question. And how lucky you both are. How lucky we all are. Yeah. Thank you, Jennifer. Wondering if my... Do you have something to respond to, Lauren? Just getting ready. Okay, Lauren's here. We're going to make a transition. And sometimes this whole, this is tough to just transition. So just encouraging you to stay with, because we're in it now. We're in the depth of the retreat, and it's all coming out. It's a good sign. 
good sign, and trust our capacity to be with that, right? It's not that we just like, oh, check, done, moving on to the announcement now. We can hold as an, in an ongoing way what's coming up in the field. Okay. Thank you, Lauren. Good morning. Hi. Good morning. It's me again. <laughs> like Jack's book after the laundry or after the ecstasy the laundry um, here goes the laundry um, so if you haven't seen me yet I'm Lauren I'm the retreat operations manager here at Spirit Rock um, out of an abundance of transparency and care um, we had somebody test positive for COVID this morning um, this person was immediately supported and left the campus. They were in a single dorm in Meta on the first floor. Their work meditation was wiping tables after dinner. This person was in a practice group with Devin at 10 a.m. yesterday, Wednesday the 20th. Um, this person was sitting in the third row of chairs on this side of the hall, my right, your left. Um, we have sanitized all public spaces, all frequently touched surfaces in the dining hall, meditation hall, dorm room, and bathrooms. And as a reminder, COVID is not generally spread through surface contact. So this is a general exposure notification. Anyone who is in their practice group or in the same work meditation has a note on the board for them out in the foyer. Um, Please, please monitor for symptoms. Use the symptom checklist in your room. If you feel sick or you have any symptoms, please come to the staff office and ask to be tested immediately. In addition, we have masks available in the office and in the meditation hall at the back of this room. Although masks remain optional, we encourage you to wear a mask if you wish to do so. So the CDC has advised that there is a five to seven day incubation period and therefore you may wish to self-test in the days following your return home if you have any symptoms or would like any additional assurance. So we understand that this announcement may feel impactful. Um, staff will be available immediately following, following this session in the retreat staff office in the council house if you have any questions or concerns or would like to take a test you're welcome to come by the office and test any time during the retreat. All right, thank you for your care, for your kind attention, for your hearts, for your practice, for your beautiful questions. Thank you, Lauren. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.